Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Wurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country? Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Dr. Michael Lewis. He's one of America's most trusted physicians. He retired from the United States Army at the rank of colonel and served our country for over 31 years. He's advised countless professional athletes, top-ranking military officials, and senior executives at the Department of Defense and the U.S. government on brain optimization. He is the best-selling book author of When Brains Collide, What Every athlete and parents should know about the prevention and treatment of concussions and brain injuries. He is an internationally renowned physician, researcher, and speaker on brain health. He is also the founder of the 501c3 nonprofit Brain Health Education and Research Institute, dedicated to helping patients with traumatic brain injuries recover as quickly and fully as possible. He joins Get Up Nation today to share how we can optimize our brain health. Dr. Lewis, thank you for joining me on the Get Up Nation show. Oh, it's great to be with you, Ben. All right. Dr. Lewis, honored to have some time with you today to share with Get Up Nation your knowledge and insight into brain health. Will you share what led to your interest in this field and why you've made it your life's work? Well, it's kind of interesting. I'm a board-certified physician in preventive medicine, and I was doing infectious disease work in Southeast Asia. I was a disease hunter, and the, the Army said, yeah, you got all this great experience, come back and teach students at the medical school in Bethesda, Maryland. And now we got Iraq and Afghanistan going on. This is 15 plus years ago. And we've got these wars going on. And you, you, know, you can't be on the campus of Walter Reed without being around wounded warriors. And, and you, so you start to think, what can I do to help 
soldiers that are coming back with these uh, sometimes injuries, missing limbs, and sometimes injuries you can't see, like traumatic brain injury. And had one general officer friend of mine say, well, what are you doing about these traumatic brain injuries? You're a doctor. And <laughs> I was doing infectious disease work, nothing, uh, nothing even related. But I kind of put two and two together, came up with an odd number, and went to the head of research at Walter Reed and asked, is anybody looking at the use of omega-3 fatty acids like you would get from fish oil to help our soldiers with traumatic recover from traumatic brain injury? And his, he thought about it for a second, and his answer was, no, why don't you? As I, I didn't know anything about it, but he goes, well, you're the only one asking the question. And so that was literally a career-changing moment, and I started to dig into it and found out not many people are talking about it, especially at that time. Nobody knew anything about it. There was about three or four people in the world that I could find that knew anything about using omega-3s to help the brain recover from injury. So as I say, that's, you know, the, that's the rest of the story. Hmm. Yeah, and certainly with the type of warfare that has been experienced by men and women of the armed forces in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, consisting of injuries sustained from roadside bombs detonating in and around their vehicles or as they're on patrol, your expertise is vital to helping them heal from these injuries. Will you share a little bit about where that conversation took you? What came next as you sought to serve these wounded warriors? Well, I, you know, one of the people that I, I sought out to find out what, you know, who knew anything about omega-3s in the brain was a psychiatrist at the National Institutes of Health. And we were getting, he lived nearby and we were getting to know each other. Or I think we were out having a beer one night or something. And now his focus is on omega-3s and mental health. And particularly he was looking at suicide at the time. And and he said to me, well, if we could just draw blood on people before they commit suicide, we could answer a lot of questions. And I'm like, mm. oh, geez, that's, you know, and he's like, that's impossible. And I'm like, no, that's easy. Because <laughs> turns out that the, the military's got 50 or or more million blood specimens sitting in a freezer in Silver Spring, Maryland with all of the DOD data behind it. And so like, oh, how many you need? And so we put together a study and looked at getting these blood samples and looking at what their omega-3 levels were in documented suicides. And what we figured out was there was a 62% increased risk of suicide if you had low omega-3 levels in your blood. And it's huge. I mean, we looked at data, we looked at mental health visits, we looked at all kinds of things. And even if your best friend was killed in the foxhole next to you, that was only a 52% increased risk. Um, so here was a nutritional factor that had a 62% increased risk of suicide and something that we, you know, is easily measured and could be changed for pennies a day. Hmm. Wow. So tell me, so you came up with the omega-3 protocol, is that correct? That is correct. Can you share with me what that is? Well, as I was getting into this research, people all of a sudden started to ask me, you know, my brother, my cousin, my father, my uncle, whoever, you know, had a concussion and you know, how much fish oil should he take? And what really put it into perspective to me was my younger brother had a concussion and called me up with that basic question. And so I kind of almost made it up on the spot. And so basically I said, well, take 
take this dose, but take it three times a day and for a week and let's see how that goes. And that dose is what turns out that it's what the FDA tells us is generally recognized as safe or grass level of omega-3s, which is 3,000 milligrams of the combined amount of EPA and DHA, the two main omega-3s. So back then it was five or six capsules. Now with new technology and manufacturing, it's really, you can do that in just three capsules per dose. So I look at my, the Omega protocol is basically three, 3,000 milligrams, three times a day for a couple of days, at least a week. In some cases with some patients that have been struggling for years, I will typically do maybe even a month at that level. But that's, I look at that as a loading dose. I, I want to get them down to that generally recognized as safe level as, as soon as possible. I don't want people to be on these really high, do- well, I don't call them really high doses, but most people think they are. And But I don't want them to be on, on that higher dose for too long. I want to get them down to sort of a normal dose after we correct that deficiency in omega-3s. Amazing. Okay. And let's see. So this is revolutionizing things. You've also put out some information about how CBD is helping people with TBI. Will you go into what successful treatment regimens are and what progress you're seeing happen and how people's lives are being impacted? So I started on this omega-3 idea about 13 or 14 years ago now, time flies when you're having fun. And about five years or so ago, I got, I had retired from the military and I had a friend of mine in the fish oil industry went over to the CBD industry. He says, you really got to take a look at this stuff. And so I, I started to look into it and then basically gave me some product to try with some patients and just started to see a great response. So using it in addition to omega-3s and it found it really is helpful for anxiety more than anything. It can help decrease headaches and chronic pain. But you know, with my head injury, my concussion patients, I found that it really helped with the anxiety. And I would get comments back like, hey, that fish oil is great, but that CBD has been life-changing. And I was like, geez, I must be onto something here. And and more recently, I've been trying to get down into the scientific, you know, biochemical level to figure out what's going on. And and it turns out there's this great interaction between omega-3s and CBD. And Essentially, CBD blocks one of the enzymes that keeps the omega-3s from getting broken down, and so it really potentiates the ability of the brain to grow new brain cells and make new synapses and new connections between the brain cells. Hmm, Amazing. Now, for those who are not familiar with what happens when a person sustains a significant brain injury, will you share how the human body responds to this trauma and what generally follows as far as symptoms after the injury? Well, you know, it's wintertime. So if you think about you slip on the ice and your feet go flying, you hit your head on the pavement and your skull comes to a quick stop, obviously, but your brain is a little bit of a lag time behind it because it's inside the skull in this bath of fluid. And so it's going to come to a sudden stop when it hits the inside of your skull, causing a bruising, a bruising or a contusion. And it could be so serious you get knocked out, it could even kill you. But assuming that it, it's not enough to 
be like major, major, you know, damage, bleeding and, and so on, it basically disrupts some of the functions of the brain from that rapid shock or that even that bruising. But and people think, okay, well, uh, you know, I saw stars or I, you know, I don't remember it, you know, that the incident, that's, that was the concussion. But that's unfortunately just the beginning because the body uh, responds by setting off these biochemical cascades that can continue to burn and churn through the brain for minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, even decades. Uh, if you think about like Muhammad Ali taking punches as a young man and, you know, how he ended up later in life with Parkinson's and, and eventually dying from it. That was the result of being hit in the head. That's the, you know, the body reacts to trauma with inflammation to try to repair things. Well, inflammation is important and inflammation is vital to life but we have to be able to resolve that inflammation. And so my theory that I started to work with was we're, we're doing that inflammation okay, but because our nutritional status is so out of whack, we're never resolving that inflammation. And that, in fact, is, appears to be what's going on. I'm starting to read in the literature a lot more now that a lot of these brain health issues, whether it's mental health and ADHD or whether it's uh, as a result of concussions, it's really being driven by inflammation and more importantly, not resolving that inflammation, which is exactly what omega-3s and CBD do. Mm, I see. Let's talk about your best-selling book called When Brains Collide, What Every Athlete and Parent Should Know About the Prevention and Treatment of Concussions and Brain Injuries. Why did you write the book, and who needs to read this book today? Well, I wrote the book as a way to get all this information out in, in a most efficient way possible. You know, I started giving talks at medical conferences and, and expos around the country and, and around the world, and you know, I found that the same questions would come up over and over and, you know, there's never enough time, even on a, on an hour long radio show, there's never enough time to go into as much detail as you want. And so I kept getting asked, I literally hundreds of times, like, when are you going to put this into a book? So I, I've, I finally did. And, but it was interesting because I worked with a writer to, to help me. And when I was, I was working through that, it's like, I, well, I, they were like, all right, we're going to set you up with a scientific writer. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want a scientific writer. I want a soccer mom that I have. To, and they're like, oh, why? Because I, like, I want to be able to explain it because that's who my audience is. That mom out there that's worried about their 15-year-old daughter playing high school soccer or their 17-year-old you know, running back on the football team or their you know, ice hockey player and so on. So really that's the audience of who I'm trying to reach is just that average athlete or parent out there that's concerned. What can they do for their child or themselves, their brain health in general? Are there ways to prevent concussions or at least put risk or odds in your favor to, to decrease that risk? And that's exactly what I try to spell out in the book. And again, it's really written for that average soccer mom out there that's looking for answers. 
All right. Will you share some of your perspective on how people who have an increased risk of sustaining a concussion or a brain injury, like athletes, military members, what can they do to be proactive beforehand, before they go into combat or take the field? What can they do to be proactive about their brain health? Well, I'm a huge fan of sports and 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 particularly team sports and even more so collision sports. I mean, I grew up playing football. I played football my freshman year in college before I switched over to something even more fun, rugby. <laughs> you know, certainly a collision sport there. And, you know, my my son grew up playing soccer and football. He was the leading running back for the high school football team. And now he's a couple of years, two years into college playing rugby at the college level. And so this is really important to me. I, I'm not just saying, hey, you know, soccer moms, this is what you should do. This is literally what I have been doing and do do with my son is I wouldn't let him leave the breakfast table without taking that 3,000 milligram dose official every single day. And he got through as the leading rusher for three years in a row on the football team at the high school level, all county kind of, you know, accolades and such, and never had a concussion because I put odds in his favor. I dealt with it from the inside out. You know, helmets are important and they're getting better but they're never going to completely eliminate the risk of concussions. I dealt with it not just from the outside, the equipment side of things, but also how do you deal with it? How do you make the brain more resilient and with, you know, to potentially withstand injury? And if an injury does occur, you've got the right amount of omega-3s already there to balance that inflammation and help resolve it. A lot about professional athletes today. You know, I was thinking of Adam Greenberg when he was struck with a ball, a baseball, and 92 miles an hour under his helmet actually struck him right on the head under the helmet. And I think of all the advancements that are being made with headgear in professional sports. The NFL football players have modified helmets now. Certainly in the military, the the Kevlar helmets that that are worn are have advanced in technology and you know, over time immensely. What are you seeing out there as far as these advancements and what success stories are being told about protecting our brains when we go into these high contact sports or when we go into combat? What are you seeing as positives in the advancement? From a nutrition side of things, look at the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. You know, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, you know, they're absolute fanatics about their nutrition. And so, a lot of that has to deal with not just you know eating clean, healthy, but also the amount of omega threes that they're consuming. You know, they're more of a Mediterranean style type of diet where it's high in seafood, and that's the best source of omega threes. And also decreasing the vegetable oils. I was just reading a study actually just this morning that came out of UC Riverside, I think it was University of California Riverside, about the absolute terrible damage that soybean oil does on the body and the brain in particular. And, you know, soybeans and everything, it's what we use to process foods to keep it shelf stable. As you know, at Get Up Nation, we focus heavily on serving individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience. Brain health is a vital component of our ability to be resilient. When you think of resilience, 
what perspective do you have to help us understand how we can maximize our brain health throughout our lives? Well, you know, omega-3s are important, you know, not you have to have omega-3s just to even make a brain in the first place. And so they're important throughout life. So important that 100% of infant formula in the United States has omega-3s added to it. And, you know, if you kind of look later in life, all right, you know, we know that omega-3s are good for the heart, you know, decrease the risk of heart attacks and heart disease. And then even later in life, how they can impact on the potential for dementia. You know, there's some studies that have you know, that come out over the years that show, well, it, you know, omega-3s didn't really help with Alzheimer's, for example. Well, two things. One is typically it's too late because Alzheimer's is a disease that develops over decades. So it's, you know, once you have the symptoms, you're probably, you're way behind the curve. And number two is you got to use bigger doses to overcome the problems that we have with just our basic nutrition. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on dementia there. 16 million Americans suffer from Alzheimer's or another form of dementia. The numbers are going up, expected to triple by 2050. The amount of cost it takes to care for someone who goes to this tremendously debilitating disease, it just is so hard on caregivers. So to know that, you know, something as simple as taking an omega-3 regularly throughout our early life, hopefully that, you know, can prevent some of that suffering. So I really appreciate you touching on dementia. When it comes to this, you know, the, Alzheimer's is a is a big concern, and it's growing. You have profound expertise on concussions, traumatic brain injury. You founded the nonprofit Brain Health Education and Research Institute in 2011, and regularly share your expertise on CNN's Sanjay Gupta show and many other media outlets. When you first entered this field, what progress? As you look back over this field and, and you see the progress that's been made during your career, where do you see it going in the future? And uh, what are you excited about when it comes to brain health and the advancement of technology and, and science? I would like to say that the, the one biggest uh, at the time, two, three years ago, became a very huge obstacle and, and then uh, about a year or so was overcome is the NCAA, you know, that that oversees college athletics. And they basically came out about three years ago and, and said that omega-3s and fish oil supplements are not authorized to be used by athletes. But yet so many so many athletic programs and colleges were using it based on a lot on on the science that I've put out and the work that I've done. And so they really fought back against it. And a year or so, about a year ago, the NCAA came out and basically overturned their own decision. And, you know, so now at the training tables to help athletes maintain their weight and, you know, with protein supplements and, and of course, seeing, you know, electrolytes and carbohydrates like Gatorade, they were missing the entire story of fat. If you're needing more calories, fat's a great source for that, but good fats. So they actually have authorized the universities to buy omega-3 fish oil and provide it to their athletes. And not only that, when they came out with that pronouncement, they made it, they said very specifically that they recognize its importance for brain health of developing, you know, at, at 18, 19, 20 years old, you're still, your brain's still developing. 
And so they, they recognize the importance of that. And so that's been really, really, I think, a, a big win. As far as the future, I think that hemp-derived CBD is really the next big area that is it's it's a tidal wave that's growing and i think that that's going to uh, continue to grow because it's being recognized for athletic recovery as well as its ability to help deal with inflammation and help with brain health hmm. is there anything else you'd like to share with get up nation from your perspective how we can be resilient how we can give that gift to our children and how we can sustain resilience throughout our entire life well, the biggest thing is what they call lifestyle medicine, which is really a fancy way of saying diet and exercise. You know, exercise on a regular basis a couple of times a week, if not every day. Even doing 15, 20 minutes a day is better than trying to exercise just once a week or not at all, certainly. So regular, you know, intense exercise and eating healthy, you know, eliminating the simple sugars and simple carbohydrates eating more of a Mediterranean style diet that introduces and, and is, is you know founded on you know, a plant-based diet with lean proteins, lean animal meats, and particularly an emphasis on seafood. On the oil side, coconut oil and olive oil are really and avocado oil are the only three oils that I ever use. You know, get rid of the vegetable oils and the soybean oils and the canola oils and the fried foods. So, you know, I, my psychiatrist friend at the NIH, he says, you know, junk food equals junk brain. You know, I take a more positive approach and I say healthy food will give you, you know, equals a healthy brain. That's great. All right, doctor. I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Will you run through these six quick questions with me? Sure. All right. As you've spent more than 30 years in the military and now are invested in helping people have, develop, and sustain brain health, then as you reflect on this, what are you thankful for today? First was who you're thankful for, and then next is what you're thankful for. Well, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, just the opportunity to be able to, to have put these concepts in, uh, into perspective and to be able to try to reach out to the general public and try to change how medicine's practiced or at least approached. So I'm very thankful for the uh, the opportunity that God's given me to be able to put this lesson together. It's really given me a, a tremendous purpose in life. It's given me the opportunity to really, you know, hopefully change medicine, and change change the world. And then, how do you fuel the fire within you? What gets you up every day, motivated? Well, what really gets me up is knowing that I am making a difference out there, and that makes all the difference in the world. If I, you know, if, you, if you're not making a difference, you know, one of my favorite quotes is by my childhood baseball hero, Roberto Clemente is, you know, if you're not making a difference in the world, then you're wasting your time. Awesome. And when it comes to adversity, what's one thing adversity has taught you to value? Perseverance. I mean, you know, when, you know, when the chips are down and people don't want to do what you think they should be doing, you, you got to have perseverance. I mean, I'm still as much as I like to feel I have success with Omega 3s. And I think, you know, with the NCAA, it's a huge, huge win. But the military hasn't ever really grasped 
the the importance of this and and it's frustrating to me because i've got some of my close friends even roommates are at the very very top of the army now and you know four-star generals and yet i can't get the military as an institution to embrace this concept it's been slow and frustrating but you know what if you don't have perseverance you know if you give up too easily you're not going to get anywhere right absolutely and then what are you doing today you may have never thought you could I, you know, I, I'm actually really excited. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to be heading to a conference, the annual conference of the International Brain Injury Association, and giving a talk on all all of this. You know, the the interaction of omega threes and CBD and cannabinoids. And so it's, to me, that represents starting to break into more mainstream medicine with something that most people would consider, you know, an alternative medicine. But, you know, I kind of laugh. I was like, when did nutrition become alternative? (laughs) Yeah, right. And then what will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? Well, I I really think that the future in the the next five years is going to be focused on CBD, particular hemp CBD and all its potential uses and and we need much more science and experience and then I think beyond that I think that the the next area I'm going to start to explore after hemp CBD is going to be perhaps in the world of mushrooms. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so this is exciting exciting science coming out about about psychedelics. Well, nature gives us so many great ways to deal with these things. I laugh about nutrition being alternative. Well, we talk about cannabis. Well, cannabis has been used for thousands of years by every major culture in the history of mankind. And yet we, you know, view it in the last hundred years as being this evil thing. You know, and I'm not a fan of marijuana at all. I, I think THC has a lot of issues. It's got some medicinal properties, but has a lot of issues that, that don't make it attractive to me. I think that the CBD side of things, the hemp-derived CBD is really, uh, it's something that's been used for thousands of years. And, and I'm really excited to be a, a part of that tidal wave that's continuing to build. Awesome. Thank you, Doctor. How can people learn more about you and your amazing work? Number one, they can go on to Amazon, get the book When Brains Collide. has lots of great information, uh, what to do before something occurs, like we talked about prevention and what the you know what to do if, if an accident or an injury does occur. Brain Health Education and Research Institute is the small nonprofit I started when I retired, and you can find lots of great information there at brainhealtheducation.org.